Welcome to Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast from Discovery Park of America in Union City, Tennessee. Today's episode is brought to you by Union City, Tennessee. Thank you, Emily. Welcome, everybody, to Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast where we explore the history, the people, and the culture of our home in West Tennessee. I'm your host, Scott Williams. Okay, Emily, before I introduce today's very special guest, what's something you have discovered this week at Discovery Park of America? Most people know of our turtles and our snakes and fish that we have in our wildlife, but some of the lesser-known animals that we have are flying squirrels, cockroaches, centipedes, and even scorpions. That is very uh, interesting, and I've been back there before and seen all those behind-the-scenes animals that they use for educating. I was actually at an event Saturday at Eagle Fest at Real Foot Lake, and Groot the snake was uh, there with us. He made quite an impression. A lot of people wouldn't come near us, but a lot of people loved it. So <laughs> it was great to have him. And he's albino as well. That's so right. he's extra special. Yeah, he's very unusual. He's a very friendly snake. So, well, our special guest today is Taylor Wilson. Uh, Taylor has written a book, Glove Letters, a story of perseverance, prayer, and baseball. Welcome, Taylor. Hello. How are y'all? Fantastic. Now, um, I've I've done a little bit of research, but I understand from uh, what I've read that it says you come from a long line of storytellers, educators, and farmers. So tell us a little bit about where you hail from. Oh, I come from Haywood County, uh, Brownsville, Tennessee. Um, we got on, on the water tower, we got a good place to live, but we would have put great, but we didn't want to be bragging. <laughs> so did you uh have you have you been there your whole entire life uh they let me out to go to college i think to make something of myself and i'm not so sure i got that accomplished but yeah i've been here the whole time i actually grew i'm, I'm actually living in the house i grew up in um my dad sold it to me and said good luck uh I'm, i was a boomer boomerang kid i came back and he said well if you're coming back i'm leaving so that's kind of the way it worked out um been here all my life Yes, sir. And do you know, uh, your, were your grandparents, at, at what point did your ancestors settle in the area? I couldn't go back any farther than to tell you I'm like most West Tennesseans, Scotch-Irish, you know. Um, that's that's probably about the best I can do on my lineage back. I hadn't spent a whole lot of time on Ancestry.com. I know a little bit here or there, but, but uh, for as long as I know we've been here, we've been planting seeds either in the mind or in the ground. And uh, as far as telling the stories, I guess they've always grown a little bit outlandish, but that's kind of what makes a good story anyway, I suppose. Well, my uh, my people are from the uh, Zion Baptist Church community and the Holly Grove Baptist Church community, so about 10 miles away from where I think you are, uh, yeah. but in the same neighborhood. Yeah, I've, uh, I've got, you know, some of, some of my relatives were proper in uh, city folks and some of my other was from out in the rural areas of the county. Uh, Stoggum Bottom was one place they they call it, and I don't know. It kind of sounds like something out of Old Brother, but that's <laughs> a name that a local name they say is Stoggum Bottom, which is is kind of funny in itself. And I promise you, there's a lot of storytellers from that area. 
Well, I noticed that you and I have 63 mutual friends on Facebook. So uh, we have some of the same connections. So that's good. I I friended you on there, by the way. So if you'll have me, we can be Facebook. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'm always glad to have a friend, especially one that'll that'll admit they're my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So you uh, grew up there in Brownsville and uh, your family were farmers um, and educators. Yeah, farmers and teachers. Um, my grandfather was superintendent at the high school, principal at the high school, and um, all kind of folks in education. And then on my other side of my family, a lot of farmers, a lot of farmers. I One time, um, I was in the newspaper business, magazine newspaper business, for like 30 years, 25, 30 years. And, of course, the Internet, internet claimed that pretty much. And so, well, I got to go get another job. And, and I went to the University of Memphis and did a job, uh, some kind of test that tells you what you're going to be. It came back. You need, you either need to be a farmer or a teacher. <laughs> so you you don't you, you can't outrun your influences. Maybe it's DNA. <laughs> I don't know. But but it, you can't outrun the people that put their mark on you. You know, they they put their stamp on you. And I went back into education because it was it was a it was an easy way for me to get back. And it, and it involved writing editing and English and creative writing and all that stuff I already was involved in. Now, um, I know you were a reporter, um, an editor, and a uh, photographer. Uh, what uh, publication did you write for primarily? I've written for a lot of magazines, a lot of websites, uh, ESPN Outdoors, um, Mid-South Hunting and Fishing News, Sports Field, did a little bit in Ducks Unlimited, just about all of the titles I had, I had a byline in somewhere along the lines. I did um, Mid South Hunting and Fishing News and Bill Dance. I've I've written a bulk of my career was with was with them, the outdoor stuff, and I was with the Jackson Sun for seven or eight years, probably. I can't remember for exactly how long, but I did a little bit of everything there: features, sports, uh, mainly outdoor stuff. And so. Um... We're going to talk a little bit about the book that you've written um, after um, your son Landon had an accident and then um, has been recovering and has recovered. Um, But had you already published a couple of books before then? Yeah, I did. Um, It was I've done two books of columns. Um, Most of them, you know, all of them were outdoor, outdoor columns, hunting, fishing, hiking, anything to do with outdoors and they they ran in all these publications i was telling you about um it's out jackson sun uh wherever they'd been published in different spots uh, espn outdoors um and and they were all outdoor columns uh the name of the books were um backwater briars and other things i've stepped in and then then the other one was return to backwater briars still stepping in stuff and uh, <laughs> I've, I've really stepped in a lot of stuff in my life. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's so great I had to kind of, I, I had to write it, you know. So watch your step is what I wrote in every book. You know, I sign it and watch your step. Yeah. That's kind of how it goes. So you, you, you got married and have children. Um, how many children do you have? I just have the one son. Okay. Landon, so you just got the book. Mm-hmm. Got Landon, and then uh, tell us a little bit about uh, his accident. Okay, he was um, he was he was he was being recruited for some colleges, and they told him if he would up his velocity, uh, basically 
be able to throw fast, throw with more speed, uh, he could he could the level of college he's looking at him would would move up. You know, a, a different um, it sounds kind of cliche, another level, but uh, bigger colleges would look at him and gain interest. So. With pitching, you know, everybody thinks about your arms, but there's so much of it that's in your legs. And he was he was jogging and running, and um, he got hit got hit by a truck and a trailer. And the truck did damage, but the trailer really did a lot of damage um, within sight of my house. Um, mm. And and the thing about it, I, as I mentioned in the book, I, I something was bothering me, something was bugging me, and I'd sit in the driveway every day and pray, you know, please you know, look over my family and friends. And it was like a shadow or something, you know, something uh, something in the peripheral, something out there is bad coming down the road. Uh, but, uh, and then this happened. And it's it, I drive by the spot every day. And um, But anyway, it, that he got hit within uh, less than, probably a quarter mile of my driveway on a, on a small rural road. And how did you find out he had been hit? I I looked out. I looked. I was I was cooking and I cooking supper and I looked out and I saw the blue lights and I mm. turned around and I told my wife I said start praying right now because I mm. I knew and I stomped it and I I kind of start off the book with that and, and the book kind of starts off I'm going to take you somewhere dark but um and well, I've got a lot of quotes in the book and of course I do. Hello, darkness, my old friend, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. But, but I, I, I say, I, I tell you, I tell readers, I say, if you hang in there with me, <laughs> I don't mean to take you this place first, but this is where we're coming from. Hang right. on, we're coming, we're coming out of it, but I'm about to take you somewhere real dark. And and I, I had to drive by that spot. I still drive by that spot every, you know, multiple times a day, and I'm getting better at it. But but it's a tough thing to do. Um, I, I went from telling myself that's where he got hurt to to that's where he lived, that's where he survived. You know, mm-hmm. that's where this journey began. You know, it, it's it's heavy stuff if you're a dad. You know, but um, we made it. <laughs> well, of course, that's every parent's uh, nightmare. Um, but uh, spoiler alert: um, he is uh, doing great now, and we're going to find out a little bit more about that. Um, was he taken immediately by helicopter to Memphis? Yeah, the helicopter came down, um, and got him. <clears throat> he was taken straight to the med downtown. We call it the med. I think it's, it's got a new name now. I don't know exactly what, um, the official name is, but it's the regional, I think it's the regional, regional one, one medical one center, medical center, Elvis Presley trauma center. There we go. There I go. think. And, um, yeah, he, and and they've been another. We we've got a life wing based in our county, and that one had been out. And I'd got a note that um, I teach school, and one of the students' parents had been involved in an accident. Well, that chopper went and got them. Well, this one had had to come from Jackson to pick to pick Landon up, and it was um, oddly enough, my uncle. It was right near the driveway of my uncle's house where he had fallen and gotten injured in a helicopter. He landed almost in the exact same spot and picked him up. But it's kind of a traumatic thing. Of course, Landon, that day we'd gotten um, – he got a 29 on the ACT, and the magic number is a 30. And we had that on the, on the island where I was cooking that night. 
and when the helicopter's taking him away, he said, hey, I made a 29 on my ACT today. I'm going to make a 30 <laughs> next time I take it. And, you know, and I don't know if it was the meds or anything else, but but um, I quote a lot of things he said, you know, at the accident, but it was really horrific. Um, and, and our neighbors, our na- it was basically in our neighbor's yard, and they came down and and um, they were there with him, you know, somebody to know that knew him. And my brother-in-law was a, one of the first people to arrive. He was on the police force. So looking back on it, uh, familiar faces and that kind of traumatic experience, you know, I'm, it's really a blessing that it worked out like that, you know. Um, well, you've touched on a couple of things that people who might not live in rural communities don't realize. The first is uh, the importance of helicopter transportation whenever there's an accident um, because there aren't big medical centers like that nearby. So uh, one of the first things everyone encouraged me to do was sign up for the insurance that covers the helicopter, helicopter uh, is true. trip. So I've got, so I have that now and I make sure we get that renewed constantly because that can be a real blessing, I'm sure. And then also these small rural roads, uh, folks are driving down the roads. They're not always used to seeing a person running or a bike, oh, yeah. a bike on these no, roads. It scares me. No shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. All that. And, uh, I kind of get into that in the book too. And that, um, that helicopter, it, the, as far as us having that kind of trauma center that close by. I tell people all the time, I said, look, uh, if you're with the blessing of being a, a helicopter ride from the med, if, if they can get you there, you got a chance. <laughs> and and the stories that they tell, and I go into being at Ground Zero and and all the weird things that were going on and at, at Ground Zero in downtown Memphis um, in the book, too. And it, trauma center is, you don't understand trauma center until you're at Ground Zero with all the other gurneys and carts and people around you, it, it was, it, it was, you know, just amazing to see what they can do, um, in a heartbeat, you know, just amazing to me. And was this in, uh, 2018? 2018, October, well, 2017, October 26, okay. landing turn 18, a week to the day before, oh. um, uh, everything's looking up, everything's going great. And here we go. Um, get on this roller coaster and let's, let's see how y'all survive it. <laughs> and so the, the, the doctors, when they came out to first talk to you and your wife, um, what, what did they have to say? Well, they came in and said, you know, we point blank, we removed his arm and we, we knew that, you know, and I was worried most worried about his leg because I knew his leg was really messed up. and. Um, but but Landon told him they t- evidently they told him on the table they said uh, they said we're going to remove your arm and he said um, just leave enough for me to hold a glove mm. and I thought you know what <laughs> this kid thinks he can still pitch and, yeah uh, he wasn't he wasn't giving up right from the beginning no uh, that wasn't in him I guess he got that from his mama I probably would have gave up and said throw me in a dark hole somewhere but but um. Yeah, he that, that's been that's the thing kind of haunted me. You know, as a journalist, you always look for quotes, and that was the one. Um, just leave enough for me to hold my glove. And and I, I'm like, all right, kid. And, and we're in there, and he's got his arm, his arm's gone. You're looking at your kid, and he doesn't have his arm, and it's all all gauzed up, and you're looking at it, and, and all these people around us. I think somebody that night had gotten drunk and fell in the um 
<laughs> in the aquarium at Bass Pro down the street at the pyramid. And, and Landon looks at me and said, did that guy just say, Philly? <laughs> <laughs> he never, he never missed a beat. He never lost his sense of humor. He never lost his sense of, I'm going to do this, you know, and, and I kept asking people, I'm like, when's this kid going to crash? And they said, oh, he'll crash. Well, if he's going to well, crash. He did. He did have the opportunity for one of the most unique um, high school yearbook quotes. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw it. But. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, he never lost his sense of humor. You can share with everybody what he said. I'm, tr- I'm going to try to see. Uh, I think he said, I always knew four years of high school would cost me an arm and a leg. That's right. <laughs> and, and that's that's classic Landon. He, he went to a fraternity party. I think it was a year to the day and I sit around still moping because I'm anniversary of this horrible thing is coming up, you know, and I get a picture and it's landing as the black knight from uh Monty Python, you know, the one the one the one where the, it's a comedy routine they do where the guy says you know it's only a scratch and uh-huh. they're they're removing his limbs and and, and that's kind of landed Wilson. It, hey it's only a scratch. It's only a scratch, you know. Uh, that's kind of the way he works, which definitely helped me and his mom through it. I promise you that. Was there a little bit of relief when you realized that he was going to make it? Uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, that he's going to be alive is, is, is um, yeah, it, it, that's instant relief. Because because when I walked up, we walked up to the scene. They said, "This is the kid's parents," and and I go, "Oh," and that confirmed it when they said, "Kid." And then I see he's alive, and then I look around at his body, and then I just kind of go into a – in the book, I kind of do it as a Howard Cosell. This Howard Cosell doing an 070s Ali foreman fight or something. Boy, he's lucky to still be on his feet. And I was talking about me, but but my wife, um, she didn't miss a lick. She's a rock, you know. Landon's a rock. I'm the weak link in the chain right there, you know. (laughs) Hey, I I think any of us out there listening that are parents could certainly relate. Um, uh, until you go through something like that, it's hard to even know what you would do. Um, how long was he actually uh, in the hospital? In the hospital, I think uh, around 50 days, 50 days in the hospital. And um, he was, he had, he would, <laughs> I describe a lot of this too, of course, uh, he had a big room and, uh, they said they never got as much mail. They never had as many visitors. Um, it was, an, and, and we spent a lot of time explaining it to people, you know, this is a teenager. His friends are real important. And uh, one of the questions I would ask somebody walking by was, you don't have any amps to go with that guitar, right? That, that's, <laughs> that's acoustic, right? Uh, don't, get, don't get us thrown out of here because this is the only place we have. But um it was a, and by the time that was a big deal, you know, you're a teenager, senior year, and you want to be with your friends. And it got to that point where they need to let me go home because if they don't let me go home, I'm going to put this electric wheelchair on Interstate 40 and, and go east. And well, and you and, were there during Christmas time. So he, yeah, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Did he, was he able to uh, continue school from the hospital? Yeah, he did. He did. They would give him work, and his his teachers worked real well with him. He was fortunate in that he's a he's a pretty good student. He's um, very very smart. Uh, like that, like I said, on that twenty nine on the ACT that at the school they had a thirty club. <laughs> Landon made a twenty nine. He said he asked he asked Coach Seymour, 
there at the school. He said, Hey, can you put my picture around the corner and make a close enough club? <laughs> and they said, they said, not quite Lyndon. Nice try though. But, um, but yeah, he kept up with school work and then he got back. Of course, a small town community, some of the same first responders, uh, when his first day of school, they, they did like a, I don't know, a parade or something. All the police and whatever gave him a police escort to school, you know, so he comes back to school <laughs> with lights of flashing and sirens and everything else. And he comes back in the school, which was, was kind of, was kind of a unique thing, small town, you know, that, you know, some people don't like living in a small town, but that's what you get when you live in a small town, you know, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I he, thought. he, he knew almost from the get go that he was going to end up uh, back playing baseball again. Uh, what, what were you, what did you think? Well, I, I, I talk about it a little bit in the book, and he, he asked me what I think, and I go through the deal, you know, um, possibly, you know, maybe you get back to one of these small colleges and they'll give you a shot, you know, and it's going to take a little time. And and his leg was like in an erector set because a piece of the bone was missing, and it looked like um, uh, he, I think he says, if I ever have kids, I'm going to tell them I got bit by a shark off the coast of Maui surfing. But, but um it, it it was leg was in a record set and he asked me and I said, man, you might make it back. And there's one point in the book where, you know, he's riding with me in, in, in lightning boats and thunder and uh, very, very frightening. Whatever the song goes, <laughs> thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. He says, oh, no, <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm going to play ball my senior year. And from that point on, it was um, I'm, I'm climbing Everest. And he did, you know, it's just a pitcher's mound less than 12 inches high, but, but to him, it was very much, uh, or, or in my view is very much, uh, like climbing Everest. And all I can tell you is he did it. <laughs> amazed me. Um, it amazed me. Now I'm, I'm a baseball dad, which kind of puts skepticism on me. And, and when I went to write it, I'm like, is it really that much of a story? Cause in journalism school, you know, they say, don't write about your pet turtle, your sister, your uncle. And, but but as I thought about it, I thought, you know, you let this one get away and you don't write about it. That's going to almost be a sin right here because <laughs> some amazing stuff went down with this one. And, and uh, fortunately, I was able to put it all together and he pulled it off, um, pulled it off. How much time between the accident and when he was back pitching again? Well, he got hurt on October 26th. And he pitched the third game of the season. Um, pitched the third game of the season, I think, around the first week of April, April 3rd, April 5th, something like that. Um, he pitched, and in, in, we didn't even know. You know, he, he, we didn't really know. One of my friends was a basketball coach, and he said, you know, I, I mean, I knew he was going to rehab and uh, physical therapy and all this stuff, and, and I knew he was doing all this. I'm kind of like, I'm removing myself from it, kind of, kind of, it's too much of a band-aid to pull off that he won't if he doesn't make it you know and and they sent me videos and there he was pitching <laughs> in the gym and uh next thing i know of we're going to the third game of the year and he calls me and he said hey <laughs> i got him on speakerphone he says uh you don't care if i pitch today do you <laughs> i said oh and, and of course uh and I, I talk about this in the book, his leg hadn't grown back together. Uh, no doctor has said, uh, 
no doctor has said get back on the mound. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were at his, his uh, ortho guy later on, and we're sitting there talking. He's already like pitched five or six games, and the doctor says, and Len said, well, when when can I pitch again? And the doctor says, and he just pulls some metal rods or something out of his foot and blood on the floor. And the doctor says, I don't think he's quite ready for that yet. And Landon looks over at me, and I look at him, and and I said, did, and I talked to myself, did Landon just wink at me? And and it's one of those things where it was scary, but if I hadn't let him do it, I would have regretted that more than I would anything else. You know what I mean? Of course. It, it was a, Scary, dangerous, silly, and I explain all that too. Nobody, uh, my wife and I made the decision, total risk taking total, but hey, you got X number of months to be a senior and X number of months really to play ball. Um, saddle up, and one of the lenders, things he says is uh, some whatever that saddle up quote is from John Wayne, you know, <laughs> when you're scared to death, you get in the saddle anyway or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, you know, damn the torpedoes full steam ahead and there he went. So, um, again, I, I, I was kind of amazed. If I, if I didn't write down the story as a journalist, it's going to be the one that got away. And, and you probably know that as a writer yourself. There's all these things, especially a photographer, too. You see these things in your daily life and you hear about these things and you think that needs to be that needs to be recognized or that needs to be written down or that photo needs to be taken. And and it's the one that got away if you don't do it, you know, or that person needs to be interviewed and that person passes away and you go, wow, that page from a history book has been torn out and I missed. it. So I'm just glad I got it all. I, I did it. I, I, I sat down and, and and wrote it all out. I'm I'm just glad I got it there. You know, I got 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 the story out. Now I know that uh, uh, from reading the book um, that faith played a big part in uh, this um, whole experience. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's one of those things that you're in the middle of a storm, you know, and and you got to have an anchor. <laughs> And I don't think I can get a better symbol than that. But um, somebody, I wrote a column a long time ago, and they said, well, how do you describe faith? And I, I was a, I, I ran bird dogs a lot. And I said, well, it's like having that bird dog that points three or four miles away. You know he's pointed. <laughs> do you have faith to go through all those briars and brambles to get there? And, and uh, the answer is yes, you better. Um, it it it, it was an amazing thing to me. I, after I came home from all this and I got home and I would tell people the story, I kind of got this, <laughs> this feeling that, that, uh, that I don't know if they were looking at me like Moses come down from the mountain <laughs> or what, but I felt like I was glowing for a few days because I'd been so close and seen so much and had so many pieces fall perfectly in harmonious. Uh, it, it just, was too perfect for it to be a mistake and I, I don't know all my faith you know I looked around what Lennon was doing I looked around what my wife was doing all these people praying for us you know uh, again I'm the weak link in the chain I was the one that had to be bolstered and boosted and in uh, the, the faith I had around me uh, was unbelievable and uh, you know 
If I see that bird dog pointed out there at three or four miles right now, I'm running. I, I believe it. <laughs> That's great. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to find out what Landon's doing today. All right, thank you. After your visit to Discovery Park in Union City, Tennessee, take a walk along the streets of the revitalized downtown and discover restaurants, shops, a tree-lined park, and historic landmarks. If you love the great outdoors, you'll enjoy the nearly 2,000 acres of bird habitats at Lake Issam National Wildlife Refuge, and there's lots to see and do at Real Foot Lake. To plan your visit to Union City or other towns in northwest Tennessee, visit tnvacation.com. I hope you're enjoying the Real Foot Forward podcast from Discovery Park of America. If you are, please be sure to subscribe, give us a great rating, and leave a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'm talking today uh, with Taylor Wilson, who's written a book about the accident and recovery of his son, Landon. Uh, So tell us how's Landon doing today and what's he up to? Oh, well, he's, he's down at Mississippi State ringing that cowbell. Uh, <laughs> one arm, I guess he's putting it, putting double time on ringing that bell. But uh, he's, he's, he really, we were worried when he went off school, of course, you know, with, with coming back from his accident. But, but he has really fit in down at Mississippi State, and he really enjoys it down there. He's a senior and um, doing really well. Uh, What's he majoring in? Oh, Lord communications <laughs> <laughs> that's good well, I tried to looking, tell him, go ahead i tried to tell him that i didn't know if there was actually an occupation out there for storytelling anymore and i tried to warn him but you know uh we talked about the dna of a storyteller if it's in him it's it's probably gonna have to come out somewhere so i hope he can make it work he's he's taking his uh law school admittance test or something this week so that may be another option it'd probably be better than being a, a writer but we'll see you never know you never know now i noticed on his facebook page that he's been trying out prosthetic arms is he oh yeah he, he's he's done he's he's got a couple of arms and um the numbers on that is 75 percent of uh people that lose a arm don't don't use anything and he used it some, but mostly he, he goes without it. Um, he's got a um, prosthet- electronic prosthetic, and it's pretty fancy and high-tech and everything. But, but it, the, the, leg, um, the legs, they've mastered that. It, uh, people can go in without a, a loss, loss of a leg and walk out literally that day. Um, but the arm and the hand, the hand and the fingers do so many things that they haven't really perfected that in the way of prosthetic, you know, and, and you got to see that as a tool, what a specific tool, what I need to do. Um, you know, and he, he's had different things, but, but a lot of times he just doesn't wear one at all. He just, he, he's gone, he's gotten into golf and he, he golfs a lot. He just, he, he just, he does one, one arm, you know, he's, he's a big old kid, six, six. Does he still uh, play baseball? No, uh, he, uh, he played, he, he had a, he had some people want him to come play and Landon being Landon, he, he kind of, this was his saying, I think I put this in the book. He says, uh, dad, I don't want to go somewhere and be a mascot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. understand. I don't want to be the, uh, I don't want, 
and and I translated all that in my head. I knew exactly what he meant, and um, I, he he didn't want to be the token or whatever. And I want to go play, and of course his leg, even today, he's still got some surgeries to go on his leg. He's got a titanium rod in his leg, and he's got some stuff to do. He would have never gotten his his legs in a condition probably to to pitch at the college level. I don't think now, maybe, but I that's tough. I'm curious uh, for folks out there that are li- listening that have their own story to tell um, as a storyteller and as a writer, somebody who's had uh, multiple books published. Um, what's your process that you go through to write? How do you write and how do you get it published? Well, this book, I, I went to Hill Helen, uh, Jackie Hillman. I worked with her to Jackson Sun, and I wanted to spend so much more on the editorial um, and make sure everything was correct and right without errors that I couldn't see, you know, looking at the forest for the trees. But so I went through through her company and they've done really well with it. Um, but before I, I published one through the Jackson Sun, all my columns and then uh, I self-published and I did really well. But but I had a I, I had an audience, you know, I had a readership because I was in magazines, and newspapers and, and that kind of thing. So I kind of knew the ropes, and 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 they were all columns. Even this this book is a collection of letters, and it's it's me. It's, it's glove letters, play on love letters, and play on the fact that Leonard, you know, just gave me enough for my glove to hold my glove. But it's letters to Landon, and and I I, I went about this one time. I was trying to write it as a story, and and I said, man, I'm I'm not a marathon guy. I'm a sprinter. I'm a columnist. You know. <laughs> That's the way I work. I, I, I make that quick hit, and hopefully, I, I, I made you think or made you feel, you know. And and I and I came up with glove letters, and there was and and, and that's kind of the way it, it all came out. It came out in letters to Landon, and and in the end, I thought, uh, and I told the publisher, I said, look, if if I don't end up with anything, but Landon looks back at this as an old old man and says, man. This is what my parents did. <laughs> this is what happened behind the scenes when I was lying on my back, you know, waiting eight surgeries. I, I caught it, but, you know, and maybe I'll have kids by then and say, hey, you know, this is something. You know, I wanted it all in a collection. I, again, I didn't want it to get away. I didn't want this story to be the one that got away. Are you uh, working on any uh, new books? Uh, I've got several ideas, um, several ideas, of course. Being in teaching now for the last 10, 11 years, <laughs> uh, this, 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 uh, people have said, they, they said, man, that made me cry more than uh, Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> and I said, well, my next one, I'm going to make you laugh. So, um, my next book, I think, I think the direction I'm going to go with the next one, it, it's going to be, you know, humor straight out, all out, trying to make people laugh. And, uh, and I got a lot of things to laugh about from teaching, I promise. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Well, and I did notice that uh for, for people who haven't who haven't uh, caught it yet, it the name um of the book is Glove Letters, a story of perseverance, prayer, and baseball. And it's on Amazon. And I notice you've got all like the highest star reviews and lots of really great comments. So congratulations on that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um what I say is a good story writes itself, you know it. Um, I don't know if that's a Guy Clark line. Maybe it was the song writes itself or something. But um, 
a good story writes itself. As a journalist, you sit around waiting on something good to happen, you know. And I grew up in a time where they uh, we were in the newsroom at college, and they'd say, "Man, is a day just like the day when Elvis died?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> something's going to happen, and and I, this happened to us. And you know, did I want a ringside seat? Did I want to be in the ring? Did I want this to happen? No, but but it turned out so amazing that I just couldn't not tell it. You know. And, um, well, it's a, it's a great it's, book, and um, I've heard a lot of positive things about it. Congratulations uh, to I you for the book. It. That's great. I appreciate it. I'm I'm as scared of a compliment as I am a snake. Uh, <laughs> well, just, and, you and, know. And thank you for being um, on the podcast today as well, because I know you got more uh, important things to do than sit around and talk to us all day. Uh, I, I enjoyed. I I I saw your book uh, about David Crockett in. I was one of those kids that grew up with a, a coonskin cap on and charging up the hill with one of those old uh, rifles made over in Savannah, Tennessee at Paris Toy Company. But but my uh, coonskin cap, I could never get my dad to buy the one with the real fur and everything. It always kind of looked like a commode cover, you know, and, <laughs> and I just couldn't I couldn't charge the hill or, or defend the Alamo just as respectfully with a commode lid cover on my head but i tried <laughs> that was a really good book that's really good yeah really thank you so much enjoyed. i appreciate it yes sir we'll have, yes, to, sir. We'll have to get you over here at some point to do a book signing here in union city y'all just let me know i that, that's a really neat place y'all have up there i know that really neat Thank you. We appreciate it. And thank you to all you listeners who've joined Taylor, Emily, and me today at Discovery Park of America. Our mission here is to inspire children and adults to see beyond. To plan an experience here for you and your family, visit discoveryparkofamerica.com.